0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. We are back on the trajectory of faith. Now, just go back to your left just a little bit there and you'll jump to Proverbs chapter 13. And we've been talking about this for I don't know how many weeks, but again, how do I respond when tribulations come? Now... The Lord said there in uh, John sixteen thirty three. He said, In this world, you're going to have tribulations. You're going to have them. And so, again, the question arises, How do I respond when the tribulations show up? And the word for character is when I do the right thing in a wrong situation. I go ahead and choose to do the right thing in a wrong situation. And in that same thought right there, remember the man named Joseph... He did the right thing, but he suffered the wrong result. How many of us has that ever happened to? We did the right thing. We told the truth, but we may have suffered the wrong result. I'm going to tell you, man may not honor that, but God does honor that. And so even when Joseph chose to do the right thing, but he suffered the wrong result, he didn't lose hope in God And he didn't lose hope in the dream that God had put in him. Now we begin tonight in Proverbs 13, verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope delayed or hope drawn out makes the heart sick. The message says, unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. So deferred hope is hope that is turned to disappointment. And that usually occurs through a long or a very difficult trial when we go through those. So in this passage right here, we begin to see the symptoms of hope that's been deferred is a heart that's sick. Now if you have a heart tonight that you say, man, my heart is sick, my heart's not right. It could be that the hope that you were believing in was deferred. And he goes on to say the last part of verse 12. But when the desire come or the desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. It turns life around. So right here, it's as if the Lord is saying to me and you, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope in the things that I've promised you the things I've spoken over you don't lose hope in this life and so again he's saying trust me don't give up now I'm not going to have you turn there but a good reference to this is the book of Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 it says a dream or a vision is for an appointed time in the end it will speak Though it tarries or though it delays, he said, wait for it. In other words, when you've had a dream, that dream has a specific time for it to come forward. And though it may not be on our timetable, what did God say to do? He said, you wait for it. You wait upon it, okay? And so again, hope deferred makes a heart sick. Now go to the book of Romans chapter 5, and we were there several weeks ago. And we're going to go back to Romans 5, and we're going to b- break this down just a little bit more. And so you begin to see tonight, we're going to talk about hope. And I believe it's important that hope is rekindled, rebirthed back in here tonight, or it causes ones of you to say, you know what? I know God's got an appointed time for me. God's got some things He's wanting to do, and I'm going to hang on to God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified, acquitted, or made right by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus made peace for us. Through whom also we have access or entry by faith into this grace. And the grace that he's talking about is we have access by God's favor. That's what grace is. It's an empowerment that comes from God, but it's God's favor upon our lives. In which we stand, and how can we stand? We can stand in the grace of God. He goes on to say, and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, when it talks about that hope right there, it is a patient hope. It is a confident hope. It is a hope that has an expectation. And right here, he said the words, rejoice in hope. The reason I can rejoice is because I got a confident hope. I got a confident expectation that God's going to fulfill everything that he said he would do. Now in this verse right here, it's cross referenced into Hebrews chapter three, verse six. Listen to what that says. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope and we do it firm to the end. So he tells me here, You hold fast to the thing that God's promised with confidence. And you hold firm to it until the very end. In other words, don't give up on it. The reason we don't have to give up on it is because Hebrews 10.23 says, He who is faithful, or he who promised is faithful. God has promised every one of us in here things, and God is faithful. The problem many times is we get impatient. Or we quit believing and trust God and we say stuff like, that'll never work. That'll never happen for me. My situation will never change. But when I live with this type of hope, there's a confidence in God. And there's an expectation in God. And I I pray today that stirs back up in every one of us. That you have a confidence back in God and you have an expectation. You say, God's going to move. Now, with me saying never been of that, think about Joseph's life. For 13 years, I believe he lived with that confidence. I believe he had an expectation because when you study from the first part when he got the dream until he actually walked in the dream, he never gave up on it. He just kept living for God. Verse number 4 or 3. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulations produce perseverance or endurance. And perseverance produces character, and character produces, what does it say? Hope. Character will produce hope. Again, a confident hope about the future. When our Christian character goes through hardships or difficulties, hope of receiving what God has promised, it grows stronger. Man, when we come out of a tribulation, you can look and you begin to say, God's working. He's moving, even though things may have not changed completely. And I believe all the things that happened with uh, with Joseph, he went through the trial of getting out of the pit with his brother. And I believe when he came out, man, when he was sold as a slave, he came out of that. When he was put into prison, he came out of that. And again, he never gave up because he had that hope. Verse 5. Now, hope or such hope does not disappoint Because the love of God has been poured out on our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given us to us. Now, what you got to see here is he said some very interesting words. He said, hope does not disappoint. Wow, it's an interesting statement. So when you begin to look at the word disappoint, the D-I-S, the dis in a point, it literally means to undo. He said, this type of hope does not disappoint or this type of hope does not undo. What would it undo? Well, when you begin to look at what he's talking about, the opposite of disappoint is to appoint. And so he tells us here, That God has a plan for us. He has an appointment for every one of us and this hope will not disappoint. So we go back to the book of Habakkuk 2-3 and remember he said, though you may have a dream or a vision, hang on to it. Though it may delay, though it may tarry, wait for it. And so to a degree he was telling us there, there is definitely an appointment that's going to happen to us. So when I live in disappointment, I miss an appointment that God has for me. So if hope doesn't disappoint, then what does hope do? Again, it appoints. Hope brings that confident expectation. So again, here's how this begins to work. I must come to a place in my life where I believe and I trust in God that I can be what God says I can be. I can do what God says I can do. And I can have what God says I can have. Now I go back and every bit of that is based off the things that God said about me. So you begin to get a hold of the word of God. And you find in there, if the Bible says that God said you can be more than a conqueror, which he says that, that's at Romans 8, 37, that then I can be more than a conqueror. If he said that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me, then guess what? I can do all things through Christ Jesus. So again, all I'm doing is I'm hanging on to that hope because of the things that God has said about me. Now, turn to the, the 105th Psalm. 105th Psalm. So as you turn in there again, think about the hope that, that Joseph had to live with. And in, in Genesis 37, he had the dream. And the dream, God said, man, you're going you're gonna to have these things happen. Your brothers, your father, they're going to bow to you. This is all going to happen. But it was 13 years later until he walked in that. And so he had to hang on that hope. He had to trust God. He had to believe God. And nothing's ever changed. It's the same for me and you. Psalm 105. Now, this is very lengthy, but hang in here with me. We begin in verse 7 because watch what hope does here. He is the Lord our God. That brings hope to me knowing that. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever. And the word which he commanded it established for a thousand generations. The covenant which he made with Abraham and his oath or a sworn oath to Isaac. And he confirmed it to Jacob for a statute To Israel as an everlasting covenant saying... To you, I will give you the land of Canaan as allotment of your inheritance. When they were very few in number, indeed, very few and strangers in it, when they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he he permitted no one to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sake, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones and my prophets no harm. Moreover, he called for a famine in the land, And he destroyed all the provisions of the bread. Now watch, watch where this goes. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. Now, I highlighted in my book, or my Bible, he sent a man before them. Many times when we read about these men and women in the Bible that did great feats, We have this thought that, man, they were just some type of supernatural people. He was just a man. And so if he was just a man, he went through the same trials and tribulations that me and you go through on a daily basis. And so it says here, specifically, this man was Joseph who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters, and he was laid in irons. Now, when I read that verse right there, this shows me here that Joseph experienced some pain and some persecution. But along that way of experiencing the pain and persecution, he didn't give up hope. He held on to the things of God, even though he was being mistreated. Verse number 19. Now watch this. Until the time that this word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. The word of the Lord actually tested Joseph. And you know what the word testified? Will you believe me and will you obey me? Now listen to what the New International Version says. Til the wo- till the word of the Lord proved him true. Now, if we really look at verse 19, the word, word here is used two different times. Both times the word, word was used, they have different meanings. The first one in the first part of verse 19 says, until the time his word came to pass. This word right here means the spoken or the prophetic word of God that was spoken over Joseph. So we go all the way back to the dream. What was that prophetic word that was spoken over Joseph? Again, you're going to rule. You're going to do this and that. It's it's, uh, said this way. Until the time that the word was spoken over, Joseph's life came to pass. The second word right here means the literal word of God. So right here when you look at this, it's saying the word, the literal word of God tested him. Now, listen to the main translation of this verse. Until the time that Joseph's spoken or prophetic word came to pass, the literal word of God tested him. So what does that mean? I believe this, that when we have a prophetic word that is spoken over us, the, the test in that is, will we believe what God has spoken over us? But when it comes to the literal word of God, the literal word of God, the testing of that is, will I obey it? And so what begins to happen, and this is what I believe took place with Joseph. It looked just like this, that he knew what God God had spoken over him, but in order for him to walk in what God had spoken to him... He had to obey the literal word of God. And so he was on a collision. And that's the same as me and you. That the more I obey the literal word of God, I begin to walk in what God desires me to do. Perseverance, character, and hope. And before long, there's a collision. And I mean a good collision between the prophetic word of God and the literal word of God. And so again, here's the thing. The reason that collision doesn't take place sooner than we want a lot of times is because, remember, God's still developing us. God's trying to fill us with character and hope. So when we get to that place, man, it is it is a huge, huge blessing right here. So the Word is testing you. And I believe this, whether you reach your destiny or you fail to reach it, it will be directly related to how well you obey the Word of God Or you disobey the word of God. I knew they'd get a good amen. Here's another thought for you. If I'm going through life. And I don't feel like I'm making any progress. Or I have no fruit in my life. There's a good possibility. It's because you're violating the scripture. You're violating the word of God. And again. We think about in school terms that, you know, if you're in the first grade and you flunk it, they're going to make you repeat it. But if you flunk it three or four years in a row, you know what they're finally going to do? They're going to say, man, we got to get him out of here. He's a, he, he, he looks like a seventh grader, but he's in a first grade class. God doesn't operate that way, okay? And so what God does is when we keep failing tests and we don't obey his word... God doesn't boot you out of the class, but you know what God does say? He said, you got to retake it. I'm not going to move you forward until you develop some character and integrity. That's why we have Christians that are 50 years old that are still in first grade. (laughs) It's quite a thought, you know. See us at those little bitty desks still. And so this is is what he's trying to tell us. Now, I want you to go to the book of 1 Peter, chapter 2, way back there in the back. Way back in the New Testament. And and I want you to watch some of the wording in this verse here. First Peter 2. And I'm just going to read one verse there. Verse number 8. Let me get there. And I'm going toward the last part of this verse. Let me go ahead and read the whole thing just to get, get where we're going. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of fence. Now listen to this part. They stumble being disobedience, or they stumble because they were disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. The reason they never get to the destiny or to the appointment, what we were appointed to based on the word of God is because we stumble in our obedience to the word of God. And so again, if in life it seems like things aren't happening the way they should be, are you stumbling in your obedience to the Word of God? That's why many times it takes so long in life until we begin to learn this. Now, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 12, it says, The Lord is looking over His Word to perform it. So what God does is he performs his word based on how well we obey it or we begin to do it. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says this, The word of God is alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So what begins to happen to me and you is just like with Joseph, not only do I got to get the word of God in me and I got to start knowing the word of God, I got to start obeying the word of God i got to start doing the Word of God. And it was interesting to me in that verse there that he said because they stumbled in their obedience to the Word of God, they didn't reach their appointment. Again, we become disappointed a lot of times in life, but the reason we're disappointed is because our own lack of obeying the Word of God. Now, turn with me to, to Psalm 119. And I'm I'm just going to tell you right now I I got it'll seem like a million scriptures it was interesting to me that Shelley read this this passage a minute ago this is the longest chapter in the whole Bible and so what I'm going to do here in just a second is I'm going to read and whatever one of these verses we'll talk about is the word of God the significance of the word of God in every one of our lives that again not only do I hear the word of God. But I begin to believe the word of God and I begin to obey the word of God. Now again, in in my own life, I had struggled and struggled and struggled for years of my life. But when I came to the place where I said, I'm going to get in the word and I'm going to begin to obey what the Bible said, I begin to see huge changes in me. And I thank God that that the the Bible school that I went to the only thing they basically taught me was the word of God. Don't ever get away from this book. And it's it's probably the greatest heritage from that school that I could have ever gotten. And so when people come here and they say, man, you guys really open the Bible around here? They say, well, that's all our pastor knows. I mean, he's, he's not smart enough to know anything else. Well, the truth of the matter is I fell in love with this book. And I'm still in love with this book. And the key is, I, I base my life off of this book. Where I understand this is God's blueprint for my life. If I disobey it, I stumble. If I obey it, then I reach the destinies or the appointments that he called me to live in and he called you to live in. So it becomes a choice. Do I obey the word of God? I used to pray this over thyself. I'd say, Father God, grace me with obedience. Grace me to obey your word. You know why? Because I've been involved in sin so long. And so I encourage let that be your prayer. Father God, grace me to obey. I want to obey your word. Convict my heart when I get ready to sin and do things. Now, watch how many times in this passage, and you can go with me if you want. Psalm 119, I'll start in verse 11. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Verse number 25. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. Verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You know what he's telling me right there? You keep the word of God. It's very difficult for you to go astray. The next one, we were there in 67, verse 74. Those who fear you will be glad when they see me because I have hoped in your word. Verse 81. My soul faints for your salvation, but I hope in your word. Verse number 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is forever settled in heaven. Verse 101. I have restrained my feet from every weevil way that I may keep your word. And you're beginning to see this pattern in this whole thing. Psalm 103. How sweet are your words to my taste. Again, the word of God. And he's likening it to honey there. Psalms 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalms 107. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Psalms 114. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Psalms 116. Or verse 16, 116. Uphold me according to your word that I may live. Verse 133. Direct my steps by your word. Wow. Just over and over. Psalms 140. Your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. This is what King David said. Verse 158. I see the treacherous and am disgusted because they do not keep your word. Verse 160, the entirety of your word is truth. 161, but my heart stands in awe of your word. 162, I rejoice at your word. 169, give me understanding according to your word. 172, my tongue shall speak of your word. I encourage you sometime, read that whole chapter and you will begin to see what begins to take place when I begin to live by the word of God. When I believe the word of God. And I I don't care what situation you're in right now. If you'll begin to stand on the word. You begin to quote it. You begin to speak it. You begin to meditate. God's word will move. It will happen. Remember it's alive and it's sharper and it's powerful than any two-edged sword. The key is I got to get God's word in me. And I like to say it this way. You get God's word in you. You get God in you. And God starts moving on the inside. So again, I was a mess. I was a royal mess at 20 years old. But because we begin, and I say we begin, Shelley walked all this out. We begin to take large doses of the word of God. What do I mean by large doses of the word of God? You begin to to memorize the word. Remember, Joshua 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth. I will meditate or I will recite it then there day and night that I may observe to do all that's written in it. Then you'll make your way prosperous and have good success. That's a promise to every one of us. So you find out what's going on in your life. You begin to speak the word and you speak it and you speak it. I would write it on three by five cards until I'd memorize it. And then daily... And I, I would be in a car and I'd pull that 3 by 5 card out and I'd say, according to Colossians 1.13, you've delivered me out of the power of darkness. And then I'd say it and I'd speak it and I'd say it and I'd speak it. I would have Shelly lay hands on me and speak the things of God over me. And I'm telling you, before long, something started happening on the inside of me. And I began to see the Word of God literally come alive and it began to change me. Did it freak you? It freaked me out. And it freaked a lot of people out. Let me tell you one little quick story. This is true. This this happens almost every time. I I grew up for the most part in Clovis. And so um, me and my brother were champion sinners, both of us. I'm going to throw him in here too. And so we had good parents. You guys see my parents all the time. I thank God I had a mama that prayed. Many of you you let my mama pray for you. Well, that's how she used to pray for us. (laughs) And so you realize why we got saved so quick. But growing up there, we we dishonored our parents' name bad. I mean, we'd gotten into trouble and we'd gotten into trouble and over and over again. And when God began to move in our lives, and there was such a change, many times to this day when me and him are eating in a restaurant there, people will walk up and they'll say, If God can change you too, he can change anybody. And I love it. I look there and say, that's my God. That's who my God is. I say that to encourage you guys today. I don't don't care where you're at today. I don't care what area of sin that has dominated you. You let hope back arise in the things of God. I don't care what your situation is today. You may feel like you're in fetters. You may feel like your feet are bruised because of the shackles, just like Joseph did. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. You hang on to the Word of God. Remember, he said, you stand firm to the end. And so I like to say, get some bulldog faith. You grab along that stuff and you don't let go of it. And you begin to watch what God will do. And I pray tonight, hope comes back alive in you the hope for the things of God. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchloving.com.